Okay, let's get started. Parshas Re'ei, Tuf, Shin, Ayin, Vav, back in Eretz Yisrael, back in Beit Shemesh. Uh, it's somewhat, if we could call it yet, the start of our ninth cycle. Uh, really, after Yantif will be the beginning of the ninth year, but uh, we're already back and we're heading to the last Shabbos here in Chodesh Av, Rosh Chodesh Elul. Maybe we'll say one thought on Elul at the end of the uh, of the year. But let's focus on Parshas Re'ei after a week hiatus. Uh, traveling, and we start off with the first pasuk, and actually the first word, re'e. So much has been written on the first word, and we will add to that uh, to mention some of the thoughts uh, that have been written over the centuries. See, I place in front of you today bracha uklala. If you look in the Baal Haturim, which is quoted in the beginning of source number one, Balaturim quotes three or four ideas on Re'eh, see. What are we supposed to see? Says the Balaturim, Re'eh, Anochi. See, Anochi Hashem Alokecha. See, the Aseris Adibros. Re'eh, Anochi, Nosein Lefechem Hayom, Bracha Uklala. That's the Balaturim, and as always, Kedarka Bakodesh, he does not really explain what the depth of his message is. You know, what is the Torah trying to tell us by saying we're supposed to see the Aseris Adibras? We're not just supposed to focus on the Aseris Adibras, right? We know the Gemara and Mesechah's Brachas. If you focus too much on the Aseris Adibras, somebody might think that we're a min, we're an Apikaris. We only focus on the Ten Commandments. We don't have to focus on everything else. So we don't focus too, too much on it. But the question is, what is the message of the Baal HaTurim? Re'eh... Anochi, see Anochi, see the Aseris Adibras, and we might add a question of how does that connect to the Hemshech of the Pasik. Re'e Anochi no se'en lefechem ayom, bracha uklala. If we see the Aseris if we see Anochi, specifically, the beginning of the Aseris Adibras, that will lead to bracha and klala. What exactly is the message? So says the Likute Yehoshua, Yeshua Shainfeld, which we first quoted a couple of months ago, Rob from Moblin, he says as follows, as we might call it a harifus, a sharp thought. And then we'll get to a hashkafic thought from the Ber Yosef. Says the Yeshua based on the Gemara. The Gemara tells us in the middle of uh, line number two. Gemara tells us that what we get in Olam Hazeh, any schar that we get in Olam Hazeh, besides everything we get in Olam Abba, but specifically there are Gemaras, there are Chazals about Olam Hazeh, that we earn bischus emuna. V'yesh lahavin lomadaba bischus emuna. Why dafcha bischus emuna is that what we get in olam hazeh? So he quotes the Rebbe Reb Heshel, the Rebbe of the Shach, the Rebbe of the Taz. Says the Rebbe Reb Heshel, "Tini bemis kasha, mashamrus char mitzvah A question that you might have heard before. We know that Chazal tell us you can't really get schar in this world for any mitzvah. It's impossible. Right, the, the amazing simchas hanishama that we will feel by doing a mitzvah, for doing a mitzvah, there's nothing in olam hazeh that is shaveh that can be comparable to something that we can earn. Schar mitzvah But the problem is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wrote himself in his Torah, biyomo titein scharo. You have to pay a worker on the day that he works. When we go get a haircut and we pay the barber, we have to think and we're preventing ourselves from violating a losase. We have a repairman that comes to our house. We pay him. We're fulfilling a mitzvah. We're not allowed to delay payment. So I asked the Rebbe Reb Heshel, the question of many, 
So how is it that we work for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we do our job, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu delays the, delays the uh, salary, delays the schar for 120 years. It's not fair. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, has to be, we're, to, we're human beings. So if we're human, we have to get paid today, the day that we do the work. So there are various, various answers given. Probably the most popular answer that we'll just mention parenthetically now that's not here is that that only applies if you pay the worker by the day, not by the job. If you get paid by the job, then you only get paid when you finish the job. And our job is 120 years. So that's the job. That's one, that's one uh, answer given that we're not day laborers. But let's assume we are day laborers because every day we have a certain tachlis. Every day we have a certain avodah to fulfill. So then we're back to the question of why aren't we paid daily? Why why schar mitzvah b'hayal malecha? Why is it only in the future? Line seven. So he says achateretz who alpi ayadua begemara. But the gemara also says relating batalin b'metzia the lav de lotalun urak b'imalabayis atzmo sacher asapoel. Only if there is a personal relationship between the Balhabayas, the employer and the employee, if the employer directly hired the employee, so then the halachas apply of paying him on that day and not delaying. What if it was through an agent? What if it was through a website? It was through an intermediary, then the halachas don't, you have to pay him. But the specific asay and losa say of paying on time do not apply. Ain Says the Rebbe Reb Heschel, using the Rebbe Reb Heschel, says the Likuti Yoshua, now let's get back to our Balaturim. The Balaturim says, Re'ei Anochi Hashem Alokecha. And that's going to lead to bracha in this world. Let's think about this. As we know, the 611 mitzvahs, besides the first two, we heard from Moshe Rabbeinu. We heard through a shliach. Our employer didn't tell us. So that's why there's no problem with having schar for the 611 in the next world. That's not a problem. But as Chazal tell us, the first two we heard directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we died, and he did Chiyasam twice, and we said enough. We heard directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Re'ei Anochi, says the Balaturah. If you see Anochi Hashem Alokecha, that's going to lead to Bracho Klala. Asher Tishmu, rain, Olam Hazeschar. Because the Kodesh Baruch has to give you that. Has to give you that. Because Biyamotit in because those were not done through a Shliach. Those were done directly. And that's what the Balatura means. Lefiza Asi Shabir. To call a Torah of Amitzvah's Nitnoide Shliach. Velo Noeg Bo Hadin Delo Tolin. The Alkachach, Schar Mitzvah Hayamaleka. Avalemuna Anochi Hashem Alokecha. Why does Chazal say you get Schar Bolam Hazeh? Because that we heard directly from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And he, so to speak, is subject to the mitzvah of Baltalin. And that's what our Pasuk means, amazingly, the Balaturim in one line. That's why I'm giving you bracha in Olam Hazen. That gets us started, back in Eretz Yisrael. But then there's another thought relating to the first Pasik. A couple of more of the famous questions on the Pasik. Let's ask a few, and then we'll try to put it together. One of the more common questions asked, question one, Lashen Yachid to Lashen Rabim. Re'ei Lashen Yachid, not Re'u. Re'ei Anochi Nosein Lifnechem Hayom. We start off with a singular, and we switch to a plural. Re'ei Anochi Nosein Lifnechem. 
Question number one. Question number two. Re'ei usually means something physical. Re'ei, see, it doesn't say like understand. Hashem wants us to recognize something. He doesn't say re'ei. He says do, know something. There are many verbs that Hashem could use to know, to understand. Re'ei generally means see. Re'ei, is there something that we are supposed to look at that is supposed to give us a message of Re'ei. And as we know, Re'ei, Shoftim, Kisei, say all of these parashias are always leading up to or during Chodesh Elul. So these are always important messages to think about in terms of our general Avodah Hashem as we, as we get ready for the build-up as we are in the seven weeks between Tisha B'Av and Rosh Hashanah. As we know, there are seven, seven is always a unit of time, seven weeks between Pesach and Shavuos, seven weeks, the Shiva Denachemta, between Tisha B'Av and Rosh Hashanah. So says the Bar Yosef, question one, why Lashon Yachad Lashon Rabbim? Number two, Re'e, look, see. We're supposed to see something. What exactly are we supposed to see? Three, Re'e Anochi Nosein Lefneichem, Hayom. Also a question of many. What do you mean Hayom today? Today? What, not tomorrow, not a week from now? What's the emphasis of today you see this? It's a message for today and every day. What's the message? So it's a problem of Re'eh, it's a problem of Hayom, it's a problem of Re'eh to Lifnechem. And one other question. Those are all asked by many. One other question asked the Ber Yosef. Ber Yosef notes in Source 2, Rabbi Yosef Misalant, he quotes our questions. Re'eh anochi nosin Lifnechem Hayom, the Arpsukim continue to Psukim later, leading up to what we're going to do when we go into Eretz Yisrael. When you come into Eretz Yisrael, as is described here, and in Kisavo, and in Sefer Yehoshua. All the, the ways that we were positioned on the mountains. The Gemara Masech Sota delves into this, all different opinions. How exactly Bnei Yisrael, the Shvatim, were aligned on the mountains and in between the mountains, Hagrizim and Areval. If you look in the Ber Yosef, he quotes in the in that next section. He quotes the Mishnah in Sota: Shisha Shvatim Alu Larosh Hagrizim. Six Shvatim went on to the Bracha Mountain, Hagrizim. Veshisha Shvatim Alu Larosh Areval. And six on the other mountain. Fa'akohanim v'halavim v'ha'aron amdulamata v'emsa. You have the Aron and the Kohanim and Levim in the middle, in the valley in the bottom. Havchu p'neim klapi Hagrizim. What happens? You have six Shvatim on one mountain, six Shvatim on the other mountain. The Kohanim and the Levim turn to one mountain and say the Brachas. And everybody answers Amen. They turn around. Amazing. We're all familiar with the Mishnah. Rashi quotes it in Kisava. The question is, if you were one of those Klala Shvatim, we wouldn't be so happy. Right? We would all want to be on the Bracha mountain. Bichlal asked the Ber Yosef, why did Hashem have to split us up? You know, why don't we all go on the Bracha mountain, say the Brachas, Amen. You want us all on the Klala mountain? Okay, we'll go there afterwards. But why the split? What do you need? Half of the Shvatim and Hargrizim, half of them are Harival. We turn around this way, we turn around that way. And that's the Hemshech of Re'eh. If we think about it, Tupsukim after Re'e, we describe Harizam and Areval as if we're supposed to see something relating to this 
positioning of Hargizim and Arabel. So those are all the questions that he mentions. Let's just go through them quickly again on line two. Ma'u Mukhashi. is mashma a seeing something literally. Number two, Pasak Balashin Yachin Re'eh, Vesiyem Balashin Rabim. Anochi, no saying Lifnechem. Two, Masham Anochi Nezer Lifnechem, Hayom. Three, four, line nine, Matam Shechilku Asam, Lishnei Machanos, Shisha Shvatam Alar Grizim, Venasu Alavis Abracha Shepasku Babarach, Shisha Shvatam Alar Eval, Vechulu. Why didn't they all go? Why separate them? Says the Ber Yosef, classic. This is one of those that we always like to mention, Rishlom Zalman told the Ber Yosef, after listening to his drushes, in Shari Chesed, Rishlom Zalman told him, you need to write your drushes down. Klal Yisrael for generations need your drushes. So that is why we have the Ber Yosef, because Rishlom Zalman convinced him to write the Ber Yosef. Rabbi Yosef Misalan. Baruch Hashem, Rishlom Zalman did that for us. V'yitachin Levair, line 18, says the Ber Yosef, it's possible that this is what Chazal are telling us. Why? The Gemara at the end of the first parak of Kiddushin. The longest, if not one of the longest, the longest, one of the longest prakim in all of Shas, almost 40 prakim. The end of the first parak. Lahoros, Kiddushin. The, sorry? Dafim. Right, the, uh, the most Dafim in, uh, in one parak. Lahoros, Aledia, Shara, Kiddushin. The Gemara says, Laolam, Adam, Atzmo. We have to go through life thinking that the next mitzvah or avera that we do is going to tip the scale. We are hanging in the balance. We shouldn't do this in a fearful way that make us not be able to live. But we have to realize the significance of every one of our actions. And every mitzvah that we do could tip the scale. And Rahman al the opposite. That's what the Gemara says. We have to view ourselves, chetz yechai v'chetz yezakai. Asa mitzvah achas, we do one mitzvah, Ashrav, Praised is us if we tip the scale to the right. Of our Avera Achas, Oilo, one sin, one Avera, we turn it the other way. Says Rabbi Lazar Shimon, it's not only you. We shouldn't even focus only on ourselves. In our minds, we should focus on the world. We have to view that if we do a mitzvah, we are not only being machria ourselves, Latova, but the entire world is being saved. And some great Yeshua is going to happen to some Jew on the other side of the world because of my mitzvah right here. Over Avera Achas and the opposite. Rashi, there in Kedushin, Davmem, Yira Adam Atzmo, Ke'ilu Shakul. Equal. What are the chances that we're equal at any moment? Chazal say we have to try to view it like that. Equal. Kala Olam Shakul. And so we have to run every single little mitzvah. Right? Have you done mitzvah Kala Kavachamura? Every little smile and chesed and Torah and anything. If we think that this action is going to be machria, tip the scale, we don't run to it. Zrizus. That's what we have to see in life. And to try to give us an illustration right in front of us for to help us internalize 
half Shvatim on one mountain, half the Shvatim on the other mountain. You're about to start your natural existence in life. You've had the Mon and the Be'er and the Akavid. That hasn't been real life yet. Right when you come into Eretz Yisrael, you know what? Set up half and half so that you think about half and half. We had the bris of Arvus Moav. That's what we accepted Arvus, as we know. Six and six. Why? Sheyisrael Ke'ilu, turning the page, lo ki'ilu, it's as if, of course the Shvatim aren't being judged right now, but it's as if, I'm on a, hey, I'll see the other half of the Shvatim on the other mountain, I'll realize half and half. We'll think about, we're the, the, um, to realize the significance, the responsibility that we have. Just to mention again, as we said, this time of year, there's never, there's no significance on the on the Jewish calendar. After the summer, when we feel a little maybe distant and far away, boom, Elul gets us right back into it. Hear the chauffeur in two days from now, boom, that's it. We get there's nothing, there's nothing holding back. So we have to realize the achrayis. That's the half and half, and that's reac. What do you mean? See is usually something muchash, something physical. Yes. See the shvatim. See six on this mountain and six on that mountain. Gam reias enayim mamish. Shetira beinecha v'tistakel. Look. Ech shaklal Yisrael nechlak l'shnei chalakim shavim. See how they're split. Mechzelakan or mechzelakan. And you'll see that. And that also helps explain next paragraph. Umitam ze gamchen. Because my singular action could affect the world. Everybody needs me. Not just, if I do a mitzvah, I'm saving the world. I can bring up the world. And that's also Hayom every single day of our lives. Every day of our lives we have to focus and realize the chance that we have. Realize it's all up to us. It's all in our hands. And there's just one beautiful Osafa that he has. He has four more pages. I just gave you one more page of his. And that is, again, every section is its own drasha. But then he adds one more. If you think about it, as we just learned, six Shvatim were on top of one mountain, six Shvatim were on top of another mountain, and Sheva Levi was in the middle. Usually, if you have a speaker, if you have a leader giving a pep talk, giving a speech, usually the leader is the one that's raised. It's easier for projection of the voice. Right? Any rabbi knows that if you're raised up a little bit, you're able to a little easier to, to, uh, for, the, for the crowds to hear. And here's the opposite. Here the crowd's up and the speakers are down. The Levim are on the bottom in the valley and the Shvatim are on top. The opposite of how we would have... Okay, we don't want Hashem... It's not a problem of projection, but it's still the opposite of, of how usually things are 
formulated, right? Even in the days of the Gemara, like all the all the the uh, Talmidim sat on the floor and the Rabbanim sat on the benches. The speaker is always higher up, and here it's the opposite. Here it's the opposite. Middle paragraph, middle column. It's such a pasha question that we could do this chazal, know this story a, a thousand times, and never like think about it. Like, why are they up and down? You know, the Levium could have gone to a top of a mountain, and even in a higher mountain. Right? So, we have to look at the, the uh, topo- topography of the, of the area. But either way, we could have figured it out. So why is it the opposite? So says the Bar Yosef. Remember the message here. The message is that every action counts. Every action could swing the world, could swing my life, could swing the whole world's life. That's pretty scary. That's pretty intense to have that outlook. You know what Kodesh Baruch wants us to know? You're on top of the world. You can do it. You're on the mountain. It could be done. Klai Yisrael are always near me. But Israel are always close to Hashem. Always. And it's amazing. Quotes the Marsha, Mesechus Ksubis. The Marsha says, Gemara, end of the middle column. Remember the story, the daughter of Nakdima Ben-Gurion, one of the great, richest people in the times of the siege, but she became a pauper. And she was gathering barley amongst the dung of the, of the animals of the Arabs. I cried and said, Ashrechem Yisrael. B'nai Yisrael, you are awesome. When we do Ratzon Hashem, we're on top of the world. When we're not following Ratzon Hashem, we're given over and we're lowly to lowly nations. Not only lowly nations, but to the animals. What does the Marsha say there? The first two words of the Gemara, of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, are going on both phrases. Praised are you, B'nai Yisrael. So we might have read that as just the first half. When you're on top of the, when you're following Ratzon Hashem, you're on top of the world. And when you're not following Ratzon Hashem, you're on the bottom of the world. So you might have thought the first two words, Ashrechem Yisrael, is only going on the, on the first half of the phrase. When you're on top of the world, when we follow Ratzon Hashem, says the Marsha, no. Ashrechem Yisrael is going on both halves. Because B'nai Yisrael are always at extremes. Either all the way on top or all the way on the bottom. Right? There is no nation that has been as persecuted on Hayom except the Jews. That itself is a raya that we're close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a unique, unusual type of way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes Hashgacha directly on us, either bringing us up or bringing us down. But either way, Ashrechem Yisrael is going on both. And that's why we're on top of the mountains. When we're on the Bracha mountain, we're up. When we're on the Klala mountain, we're also up. Because it's Ashrechem Yisrael. It's this Gemarinx, this Marsha. This Marsha is exactly why on the, the, during the times of Bracha in history, during the times of Klala in history, Klai Yisrael, right? In all the, throughout the ages, 
We're in, we, even in the Golios, when we're on top of the Golios, we're in the governments, we're, we're involved, it's the Jews that are involved. And Rahman al-Islam, when the Golios end, as all the Golios have ended, not have, none of them have ended well. And that's what the Bar Yosef says, but that fact that we are always in an extreme position is a testament of Ashrecha Yisrael, that we are always connected under Hashkachas Shel HaKadosh Baruch. Okay, so that's Re'eh, that's the Hargizim and Arevo, that's the split, that's an Elul message as we head towards Elul. Let's move right along. Moving right along, Parshas Re'eh, we have a lot more to do. Parshas Re'eh is jam-packed. It's very, it's hard to say, but it's somewhat of an underrated Parsha. It has so many mitzvahs. If we go through the Sefer HaChinuch, so many mitzvahs in Parshas Re'eh that... You have to realize there's even one Pasuk which has seven or eight mitzvahs in one Pasuk. Every word in the Pasuk. Maser, Degoncha, Tiroshka, Viserech, of course, Bukarcha. One Pasuk with seven or eight mitzvahs in the same Pasuk. No Pasuk like that in all the Torah. So, anyway. Yud Beis Hay. Yud Beis Hay getting further in the Parsha. The Torah tells us that when we go into Eretz Yisrael, we have to destroy all of the Makomos Shalavodazara. Abeita Abdun. As Kola Makomos. Asher Abdu Shalmagoyim. And losasun came Hashem alokechem, but don't do this to don't do this to Hashem, your God. What does that mean? Very strange, unusual, hard to understand. Pasuk. What do you mean? Destroy the Avodah but don't do this to God. What are not supposed to go to? Rashi is bothered by this. It's an, it's an amazing line in Rashi. This is not our topic right now, but just to point out the Rashi. What does it mean? Don't do this to Hashem. So one side is don't destroy Tvarim Shebekdusha. Like you destroy, but they have Zara, don't destroy Dvarim Shebek Dusha. Don't do the Isra of, of, of breaking a shul or breaking an Evan from, uh, from a Makam Kadosh. But then Rashi even says, don't destroy the base of Megdash in an indirect way. How do you do that? By sinning and we cause the base of Megdash to be destroyed. That itself is included in, in breaking down the base of Megdash. It's our fault. Says the Rashi Amar of Yishmael, V'chisal al daytochashi Yisrael notes in Bosem as bechos. How many Jews are going to go? We need to be warned that we not take a hammer and break them as bech. Well, who's going to do that? Ela shalotasu kimaasehem v'yigrimu avonosehem lemikdash avosehem sheicharev. It's an amazing Rashi. Amazing Rashi that it's indirect. Don't do anything indirectly that's going to cause the base of Megiddo to be destroyed, which we all are in violation of. As the Gemara says, the Yerushalmi says, any base, any generation that does not get a base on Migdash is as if it was destroyed in their, in their generation. But either way, we're focusing on the next Pasuk. So don't do this, don't destroy, uh, do this to Hashem. Ki em ela makoma sheyifka Hashem alokechem, mikol shiftechem, lasuma shemo Hashem. Except go to the spot that Hashem will choose, and l'shich no sidrushu uvas Hashem. Right? Yerushalayim. The question of the Rishonim. Why isn't the spot of the base of Migdash mentioned in the Torah? The first time Yerushalayim is mentioned in all of Tanakh is Yeshua Perak Yud. First time the word Yerushalayim is mentioned. We have Yireh, Shalem, but Yerushalayim. The first time the word Yerushalayim is mentioned is Yeshua Perak Yud. We have no idea. And even then, even then it's not mentioned as the Makam Migdash. That's only later on. And David and Malach wasn't even sure, as the Gemara Zvachim describes. He wasn't sure where. So why not? Why doesn't it, why the Torah keeps saying, I'll show you the place and the place that I choose. Why not say the spot where the Beis HaMikdash was going to be built on Har HaMoriah? So the Rambam asks this question in Moran Avuchim and he gives three answers. Source number four. Bottom left, the Rambam gives three answers. Obviously the translation 
I don't know Arabic, so we can't learn, look at the Moran uh in its uh, language that it was written, but we'll look at the Hebrew translation. Vein Safek et Sligamkein. Shamaka Mashiachtu Avram and Nevua. Haya Yadua Itzel Moshe Rabbeinu Itzel Rabbim. It could be, says the Rambam, that the greats of our generations knew, but it wasn't written. They didn't want to make it public. It might have been Misora from Rebbe to Talmud, but line four, Lo is Bayer Batara Valoniska Bifrat. Avaroma Zilav Amar Asher Yivchar, our Pasik. The Yeshbo at Sli, Shalosh Chachamos. Three ideas, the Ramam says. Why it's not mentioned. Ha'achas man number two. And these reasons we see are so true until today. So the other nations don't fight over it if they know that this is our most special spot. They know this is the most special spot. Right? So at some point it had to be revealed. But since that point, there has not been a spot on this earth that has been more fought over than Makam HaMikdash. Every religion wants a piece of it. There's no other spot in the world that all religions want a piece of. Makam HaMikdash. The Ramam says, so at least for a couple of centuries, as long as we can hold off until we build the base of Mikdash, it won't be public to keep the fighting away from us. Rahman al-Islan, we see, obviously now, there's no choice, and we see, Rahman al-Islan, how nations who don't even have Yerushalayim mentioned in their holy books at all want, want a piece of of Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, and the Makam HaMikdash. Vashayin is number two. Shalo Yavsiduhu, a similar, but not that they should fight over it and want to grab it, but that they shouldn't destroy it and make it desolate. Shalo Yavsiduhu, Mishu B'Yadam If they know this is the, the Jews' most special spot, they'll destroy it. They'll uproot it. They'll raise it. The Radvaz, 500 years ago, has a tshuva. We mentioned this in other shiurim, where he discusses the Gemara, the Chazal, that says that Yerushalayim is the highest point. Aliyah the regular, you have to go up, and Hamariah is the highest, and the Machamidash is the highest, the highest, the highest. So we know it's not the highest. It's not the highest level. So the Radva says one of the reasons could be is that throughout the centuries and the thousands of years, how many times it's been destroyed, and they've tried to uproot it and take away dirt and take away to make it small, because they don't want it to be high. So that's also part of it. But that's number two. Vashlishis, those two are relating to the non-Jews. Vashlishis, the third one, is relating to us. Imagine in the Torah it said where the Makkah Mikdash was going to be. And then Yeshua ben Nun came along and said, okay, it's time to split up Eretz Yisrael. Imagine the kind of pressure you would have been under. Imagine the fighting that would have taken place. And the Ramam says, I like this reason the best. Let's split up Eretz Yisrael first, and then we'll figure out where the base of English is going to be. It just so happened that it's Yehudim Benyamin. Great, but that was from the Ur Metumim. Right, and that was from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There will be so much fighting. Like there was when the Kuna was given out. Korach and his followers wanted a peace. So that is why, no, everybody will get a piece and then we'll appoint the king and then the king will tell you where to build a base in Mikdash. Right, so that's why the spot was left out. Okay. Next. 
Perek Yud Gimel. Again, there's so much here in Parshas. Hey, these Parshas at the end of the Torah, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu in this five-week uh, speech that he's giving, which is Sefer Dvarim, which is Mishnah Torah, jam-packed. There are 200 mitzvahs in Dvarim, according to the Sefer Achinach. Exactly. 200 mitzvahs. There were just 74 in Parshas Kisaitzai. That means there's got to be a lot of mitzvahs here. And Dvarim Veschanah didn't have too many. Right? So, and Nisav HaYelach Hazinu V'Zosabracha don't have too many. So if you take out those six parshias, so all the others, Ekev Re'eh Shoftim Kiseitzei Kisavo. Kisavo has, doesn't have so many either. Ekev Re'eh Shoftim Kiseitzei. These four parshias are jam-packed with mitzvahs. So many. So here we go. Rebbeinu Bachai. Source number five, but it's based on the psukim. Let's talk about a topic that is crucial and we dive in that it should be fulfilled at some point soon. Nevua. Nevua. The concept of a Navi Emes and a Navi Sheker. Mitzvahs I say to listen to a Navi Emes, Elof Tishma'un. There's a mitzvah to kill a Navi Sheker. How do you know? So the Rambam describes all the rules and regulations based on the Psukim, but we'll see it through the eyes of Rabbeinu Bachai, who comments on our Pasuk. But if we look at the Psukim for a minute, the Psukim tell us, Ki akum bakir bacha Navi chalom. Right, if there is a Navi amongst you, and he does a miraculous sign. We're not going to get into all the details. Miraculous signs don't prove Navua. If somebody is a Russia and does a miracle, he is not a Navi. The f- first prerequisite is that he is a Tzaddik Yisod Olam. And he is a Chassid and he's somebody, everybody loves him. And he's Bakari the Masses and he teaches Torah and he's a Chassid. That's step one. Doing um, amazing Miracles is not the answer. Rev, uh, Rev Yaakov Hillel, one of the great uh, Mekubalim, Bizman Hazeh, he, he writes about this in his Svarim, but he always says it also. He says, people run to Mekubalim, and people run to this, and they want to see this, and they're amazed. How do they know the future, and how do this? They know exactly, and I walk in, and he knows my history. Whatever. It could be that certain people uh, know certain things. Rev Yaakov Hillel says, the first thing you have to do is ask these people to give a Gemara Shir. Ask them to give a sheer be'iyun to the kolel in the basement, in the community. After they do that, okay, now we'll talk. If they can't give a iyun lumdish sheer or sheer no angol kol shulchan arach, they don't get to second stage two. You don't trust, it's based on psukim, he writes. Osos and movsim do not prove anything. People could be great magicians, mukubalim. They have to know shas and poskim first. If somebody knows shas and poskim, okay, step two. That's what he says. You ever want to know of somebody? Does he have a Gemara Shir that you can listen to? And after that, then we can talk. Okay. Anyway, but he gets that from these Psukim. Says the Psukim. So if he does a Mofes after having been proven to be a Chassid and a Tzaddik, and he does a miracle and says, let's go worship Avodah Zarah, Hashem told me to worship the sun and the moon and the stars, even if he is a Chassid and a Muchsuk and a Tzaddik, and he does miracles, he's Chayim Misa. Say the Psukim. Hashem's testing you. Hashem gives him the power in order to test whether and that person is Chayim Misa. So if you read the Psukim, there's only one exception to the rule. One exception. Once somebody, if somebody doesn't have all the other prerequisites, nothing to talk about. But once somebody is a muhsak, the psukim say, there's one exception. The poskim say, the Rishonim add on a second exception. Halachalamaisa. 
So if you read Rabbeinu Bachai, we're not going to read the whole thing. Source number five says Rabbeinu Bachai. Ki diber sara al Hashem. This is talking about if he suggests avodah zara. Klomer moreid b'malchus shemayim hu v'yafilu asa kama ososu mopsim v'hamid chama be'emsa harakia. Even if he makes the sun stop, think about that. That would be a pretty big challenge to our to our emuna. Imagine if there's somebody who could stop the sun, and he does it, mamish. He stops the sun. We are commanded not to believe him. Chayiv Misa. If he tells us to do Avodah Zarah, he does unbelievable miracles. No, doesn't matter. Miracles don't prove if somebody takes us away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Harizachayiv Misa so bechenek, l'fisha bala hachish, nevu'aso shal Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu writes in the Torah, you can't listen to him. And you can't be machish Moshe Rabbeinu, that's one of the animamans. And that's Avodah Zarah. Line 7. Vehinei zebin yavodah zeililim bilvad. But as the psukim say, this is only by avodah zara. She'ein anu ma'aminim oso kaliker ve'ein anu mashkichin bo v'shum os umofi she'yaseh. We don't focus. And by the way, in less extreme forms, we have this also. Remember the Gemara, Tanr Shalachnoi, Bamitzia Nuntes, where the fight, Rabbi Lezer says, I'll prove that I'm right, I'll make the water flow upstream, and I'll make the tree get uprooted, v'chulu. He did all these unbelievable miracles. Rabbeinu Nisim Gaon, on that Gemara. There's no Rabbeinu Nisim Gaon in Bamitzia, but Brachus Yutes, where that Gemara is also quoted, Rabbeinu Nisim Gaon on the side of the Gemara says, they didn't listen to those miracles. Why? It's exactly right here. Because the Torah says, Achrei Rabbim Lahatos. You follow the majority. And Hashem was testing the Chachamim of that time to see if they would follow what they're supposed to follow. Because miracles don't change the Halacha of Achrei Rabbim Lahatos. So here too, continuing though, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, this is only by Avodah Zarah. Avodah Bishar Mitzvah, if a Navi tells us to violate any other mitzvah or Avera, then we have to listen to him. And it's a mitzvah to listen to that Navi. Hashem told me that we all have to eat pig today. Hashem told me we all have to wear shotness. Hashem told me. So, it's a mitzvah to eat pig. To eat to, to wear shotness. To not do a mitzvah. That's what, we, do we, that's what he's already proven and he does an oath to prove it. That's what we do. He might be lying. You know what? We go after his hachazaka. He has a chazaka of being a neman. So unless it's about a zara, we trust him. And that is exactly what happened a number of times in history. As we know, probably the most famous one, because that's what the Gemara mentions. Elio Bahar Carmel. Elio brought Karbanos outside the base of Migdash during the time of the base of Migdash. Right? In times of Achav, there was Malchi Yehud and Yerushalayim at that time. He did it up north, because Achav, right, the, the northern kingdom, but Elio Bahar Karmel. Harasha, Shekrav Ola Bachutz, Kedil HaHachesh Nevi'abal, Vilonis Kavein La'akor Mitzvah. But now Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar tells us the second exception. There's a second exception, not just about Zara. If a Navi wants to wipe out a mitzvah permanently. Any mitzvah. That's also not allowed in his authority. One time, for a moment, for a certain period of time, okay, forever, they can't do that. She'ilun is If he wanted to wipe out the mitzvah totally of shchut I'm sorry, 
Yeah, to the carpet outside. Also, the Shmoyelov. Shekala mitzvah's nitzchiyose, because a mitzvah is eternal. Ula dori doris nitnu. To an it says later on in the Torah, Lord of the Olam, La Asos is called Divriyat Tarazos. That's the second exception. Avodah Zarah, or wiping out a mitzvah permanently. The fact that Chazal and Yevamis only mention Elio, who Hadin Lachal Shar Hanavim, Shetzivumi Biakadish Baruchu, Shenavar Al Mitzvah Slevisha. It happens all the times. Yoshua, Yoshua Benun said, When did the walls of Yericho fall down? And we went and we did Malacha on Shabbos. Day seven of the walking around was Shabbos, according to Chazal. Right? He wasn't Oker Shabbos, Chas Shalom, just that moment. Elisha, one of the, one of the times that Elisha told them to go fight. He said, don't worry about Baltashchus. Destroy the trees all around. Baltashchus says, hey, son, no. He did it. And even if we would hear Abbas call, he says at the end, Kenegad mitzvahs, we don't listen. Einan ushomin Abbas call, lakar a mitzvah, lefisha ha mitzvah, al yedei nevuah ba'alanu. Shehi lamala mi baskol. V'lakach lo'ayim ashkichin, v'baskol, and he quotes that Tanr Shalachonai at the end of Lo Bashamayim. So the Yisod that we learn out, a mitzvah that we daven for, we wish that we could fulfill. We don't have Nevi'im today. We yearn for the time to fulfill the mitzvah sasei da'araisa of a love tishmo and listening to the Navi, but we know there are two exceptions to the rule. Avodah zara, or wiping out a mitzvah permanently, is also off limits for that Navi. Okay. Moving right along, the second and final Likute Yehoshua of this week on the mitzvah of Tzedakah. Torah tells us here the greatest uh, emphasis of the mitzvah of Tzedakah. It talks about Tzedakah a few places, but this is the greatest emphasis after it talks about many other halachas. Hilchas Kashris are here. Perak Tezvav, Pasuk Yud. The Torah tells us in the laning, as we know, for a Yantif as well. We lane this Aser to Aser. The Torah tells us, If you have an evyon, don't close up your heart or your hand. Because starts with the heart. Open your hand, lend him. Don't. Don't think that, oh, he's not going to pay me back. It's going to be Shemitah. Noson titemo. Give him, give him. Velo yeira levavcha besitchalo. Ki begal davar hazeh. Yivarecha shem alokecha b'chol maasecha. U'v'chol mishlach yodecha. Three, at least three different double lashonos Here in the Pesukim. Noson titem, pasoach tiftach. Ha'avetavitenu. Why so many double lashonos? <laughs> and the Torah says, and if you do this, You'll get bracha. Yivarecha Hashem alokecha in all your ma'isim tov. Says Ravunim, quoted here in the Likuta Yoshua. Remember, he learned Torah from the from the uh, from Reb Sadok. Reb Sadok, he wrote, he um, came over to the Lower East Side, but he learned from Reb Sadok. So line two, he quotes from Ravunim. Shekodem shenis galab olam azeh hayadarkel unsoab efam lepam liir danzig leregel mischaro. As many of the great tzaddikim before they reveal themselves, so to speak, to the world, and everybody knew about them. They used to travel from place to place, form of Gullus, and they used to go to Danzig. And obviously the Chayada made that place famous. There was a certain Rebzalman in the town. He was a great man. But he was, 
he had nothing. He was an ani shebaaniim, very very poor. Whenever Abunim used to come to Leipzig, he used to give him money, give him staka. But he had an unusual practice. He gave him money. He used to give him whatever he gave him staka. Then he gave him a second time. Always gave him twice. Thank you very much, but why twice? Why did you, you just give the first time? This is the story for this year today. Just give once. No, let me tell you. It says in Parshas Re'eh, Nasan Titein Lo, Give and give, what's the double Lashem? Velo Yeira Levavcha, Besitzchalo. And your heart shouldn't be upset. Besitzchalo. Hainu, Nasan Vatachser Vatitein. What's Pshat? Says Rabbi Bunin, very often, why does somebody give Staka? Because it's uncomfortable for them to see this person missing something or lacking something. It's so uncomfortable for me to see this starving person. Let me give him so he's not starving, so I'm not uncomfortable. That's very often the reason for it's stuck, the reason for anything. You know, it's, it makes me uncomfortable that you're uncomfortable. So, I mean, there's a good way to think about that too. But, you know, if it's just a, a very a lower level, so that's why I give you. Sharoas ani medukev regish rachmanis. I have rachmanis to give the ani. But I'm not doing it because there's a mitzvah to get staka. I'm doing it selfishly because I'm uncomfortable in the state that you're in, which is also a level. You know, there are people out there, you know, sometimes we act miserly, like we don't even get to that stage. It should make us uncomfortable. We should be upset. But uh, well, we give staka not because of the mitzvah, but no one knows the shame is staka. Says Rav Bunin. So I first give you, because I feel bad for you. I feel bad, I'm a human being. I feel bad, I give you what you need. So you have everything you need. You have all your meals taken care of. You know what? Then I give you again. I give you again for the mitzvah of staka. I give you nason titein. A second time, why? Your heart shouldn't be uncomfortable when you give him. That's not why Stuck is given. So that's the double lashon. Give a second time so that you're not upset when you give. It's not because you're uncomfortable. You're giving l'shem mitzvah stucka. Azunosin aferak l'shem stucka. Dilakayim es mitzvah Hashem. That's nason titin valyer levavcha. That's a take home Rebbe Bunim. That story. Mitzvahs have to be not because we're uncomfortable. Mitzvahs are done because the Kodesh told us to do mitzvahs. We could be uncomfortable, but the mitzvah has to be l'shem the mitzvah. Okay, two more thoughts for the Parsha, and then we will have one thought, a thought that we mention often, but it's Rosh Chodesh El of the Shabbos, so we have to mention it again. Says the Pasuk, we know we have here the third and final installment of the Parsha's HaMoadim. They're mentioned a little bit in Mishpatim, but we have Parsha's Emar, Parsha's Pinchas, and Parsha's Re'eh. The main big three, each one, as we know, having a different focus. So if you look in the section on Pesach, the section on Pesach tells us, and we mentioned this in last year's Haggadah Shir, but we'll mention it again right here. Perak Tezayin, 
Pasagimel. Actually, it was in Shabbos Hagadol Drasha. It wasn't in the Hagadol Shir. Perak Tazayin Pasagimel. Says the Torah. Lo socha alav chametz. Shivas yamim tocha alav matzah lechamoni. Don't eat chametz. Seven days you shall eat matzah. Poor man's bread. Ki bechib hazon yatzas on the earth b'tzrayim. Because you went out quickly from Egypt. So you remember that you went out. You got to eat matzah, no chametz, because you went out quickly. Rashi, Rashi, bechipazon yatzasa, below hispik b'tzekechal hachmetz. Your dough didn't have time to rise. Imagine, imagine anyone who bakes challah, imagine 10 minutes after you leave the challah to rise, it hasn't risen at all, you have to run out. And you have to take your dough with you, put it on your back, and let it bake in the sun. How that's going to taste. That's what they had to do. Good. Ask the Maharal. Ask the Gur Aryeh. Ask other Mepharshim. What does the Torah tell us? Again, it's an obvious question. But what does the Torah tell us? We have to eat matzah because to remind us that we went out quickly. Ask the Gur Aryeh. We had a mitzvah to eat matzah while we were still in Mitzrayim. We had a mitzvah to eat matzah generations before. Not generations before. But you might say, the Torah was written way before. Right? The Chazals, Avram, and Yitzchak, Lushi, Vasi, Ugos, it was matzos. V'yim Tomar. Follow Av Kodem, Shiyotam, Mitzrayim, Siva, Lahem, HaKadosh, Baruch, Hulech, matzah. Before they left. Kiddich, Siv, Shivas, Yom, Dach, matzos. You have to eat matzah even in Mitzrayim. So what? It's only to remind us that we left hurriedly? There has to be another element. He quotes a Ramban that we don't have. Rabbi Hartman in the footnotes points this out. He quotes his Ramban both here and in Shmos. We don't have this Ramban. Or maybe we don't have the Beferish. Maybe he's alluding to one that's not on these Pesukim. The Ramban T-Rates. Hashem knew that they would go out, so he gave it to us beforehand. Okay. Says the Maharal, no, there's another idea. Venire Lomar. Hashem Dafka wanted them out very fast. To show that he was the one that brought us out Biyad Chazaka. After all the Makkas, and when Paro is running around in his pajamas, and he says, leave, B'nai Yisrael could have taken their time. He was rushing us, but we didn't have to rush. We weren't the ones that were having firstborns dying. And yet, we zoomed out. And yet, we zoomed out without enough food for two million people. Right, the unbelievable Amuna that was reflected. Says the Goraye, why do we have to go out so fast? Okay, another second, we wouldn't have been Zera, okay. Lamaisa, why do we have to go out so fast? Says the Gerariah, because if we would have taken our time, it would have given the impression to the outsider that we left because we were ready to leave. Now there were no more taskmasters. It was all good. We were free. Okay, let's leave. Okay, guys, let's go. No. It had to be clear that Hashem is being motzias. Hashem hotzi otano me'eretz mitzrayim. It's not just yatsanu me'eretz mitzrayim. And how do we know that? The fact that we had to zoom out. Yaru Ki Paro Melech 
Power was rushing them. Even though we wouldn't, we didn't want this. We would have waited to the bread to rise. Hashem is doing it. If we would have let it rise, it wouldn't have been clear. It would have gone, okay, we're ready to leave. Because you have to know, that's the pshat of the Pasuk. Right, to remember that you went out quickly because it's done in a way that it would be nikar to anyone reading the history books. This doesn't make sense. Why are they rushing? They should take provisions. They're not coming back. You're going to eat my... I'm going to eat the mitzvah even beforehand because this is what I'm going to do. You're going to eat... It's not just lamaisa. Oh, no. It's part of the divine plan. Dafka, to go out quickly, and that's why it's so crucial to the shot of this Pasuk, so you remember the day you went out, that it wasn't just you happened to go out, but it was the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took you out. Similar idea, again, we're not going to read it, we don't have time right now, but similar idea we mentioned, not exactly the same from the Beis HaLevi, in Parsha's bow, on the next page, is verse number 9, where the Beis HaLevi also discusses, even though there are reasons in quotes, given in the Torah for mitzvos, Those aren't the ultimate reasons. There are historical events that we remember with mitzvos, but the mitzvos have their own independent quality separate from those events. We sit in a sukkah to remember the Ananei HaKavod that Hashem told, that uh, protected us in, but the mitzvah of sukkah is also because Hashem told us to sit in a sukkah. And the Torah was one of the seven things created before the world was created. And there was the mitzvah of sukkah beforehand. The Beis HaLevi says, and he says it in an extreme formulation. Not everybody goes this far. The Beis HaLevi says, because there's a mitzvah of sukkah, that is why and how what created the power for Hashem to give it on the Akavitas. Just the opposite. It's not that, oh, because Hashem protected us, so we have the mitzvah of sukkah. Because there's the mitzvah of sukkah, that is what laid the groundwork, so to speak, for Hashem to surround us with Ananiah Kavit, which would then lead again to the mitzvah of Sukkah. That's the Beis HaLevi giving examples in Parsha's bow in the context of what we answer the Rasha, because the Rasha seems it's just based on reasons, and he says not. It's the opposite, right? He says on the, on the, the left side, The lo bishvil hatam nasa mitzvah rak lahefach mitzvah bahatam. Unbelievable. Okay, but either way, that's not for us now. Um, last thought on the Parsha. The mitzvah of Aliyah Regal. As we know, is quoted here, is quoted elsewhere as well. There's a lot of focus on Re'iyah at Aliyah Regal. We know the Pasuk, the end of the Parsha. Yehra'eh kol Every male, doesn't just say to go up. Every male has to be seen what do we call the mitzvah? Mitzvah's re'iyah. The ola. The ola's re'iyah and the shalom echagiga. Re'iyah, re'iyah is a focus. What's the, what's the emphasis of re'iyah? We started off with re'ay. Didn't even think about that. And we ended off with re'ay. The parsha starts off with re'ay and the last pasuk ends off with, second to the last pasuk, ends off with yeira'el kozachurcha. What's the message of re'iyah by Aliyah Laregel? Rafinkus quotes the Gemara in Yuma. 
Mars says, Amar of Katina, Bishasha Yisrael, Olam Laregel, Megalolin Alav, Esa Paroches. When Menesha went to be Ola Regel, they opened up the Paroches, Umarlam Esa Kruvim. Right, we're not going to get into exactly how they saw it. It wasn't the Mizbech. All B'nai Yisrael could only be outside. They could only go into the first 11 Amas on the east side of the Heichal, and then the Mizbech's in the middle, and then you have to see through the hallway into the Ulam, into the, into the Kodesh Kadashim. It was like impossible for everybody to see the Kruvim. Okay, we're not going to get into the Messias. It was a nice. But they opened up the curtain, and everybody saw the Kruvim. Umarlam as a Kruvim. Shayimu'urin zebazeh. They were intertwined with each other. V'omrim lahem re'uchi baskam See how much Hashem loves you, like a love between a male and a female. That's the Chazal. Answer Pincus. Why? And this is what they saw at Alila Regal. Why dafka male and a female? Zach and a How about ish ve ishto, husband and wife? Dafka zachar ve nekeva. Says of Pincus. Beer ha inyan nire. Shekol ahava he meakaras hamala o meakaras hashaychus haav. Generally, love is a function of knowledge. If a person is in a room with a, a stranger, it happens to be his son, but he does not know that. He doesn't feel feelings of love. They tell him it's his son. All of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden, there's love. The more you get to know a person, the more you're connected, the more love there is. So most love, which is a good thing, is based on yidiyah, even the way that uh, is formulated by yeda, the meschava ishta. So that's generally. But there is a type of love or connection or magnetic pull that is not based on Knowledge, yidia, and it is not always used in the most positive of ways. And that is connection between a male and a female. Sometimes there could be a connection there, a chiba, zacher, and a keva. What is what he say? Chazal, based on the Pasuk in Shema, ha'ayin cho ro'ev, alev chomeid. There's no understanding there. She'enot sarach yotem eri'iyah ba'alma. A re'iyah, just a, a visual, could already create a connection. And again, it's often not used properly. But Chazal want us to have that automatic connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Obviously, the more we know, the deeper it'll get. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to have that connection with Him, and that's why it says, Zohar and Akeva. Hashem has that automatic connection with us, even, though, even if he, he knows us. He knows us well, and it might be even bad sometimes. But he's connected to us. Mu'urim kezacher v'nekeva. And that's why, says Rapinkis, the concept of re'iya. We come to the base of Migdash, there should be an automatic, even without, and the Chazal say that, even if, if I'm the most far, far Jew from, from, from uh, Shmiras HaMitzvah, so we come to the base of Migdash, automatically they'd be connected. There's a magical re'iya that took place there. And that's what we mourn for, that we don't have his manazet. We have it a little bit. We can feel it going to Yerushalayim, going to the Kotel. We feel a pull. But there was a pull that every Jew would feel. And that's why there's a focus of Re'iyah. And then he even adds at the end, Bizman you know what? We could also get it in our Mikdash Ma'at. We should feel that automatic connection when we walk into Shul. 
Line 15. Ashrei, Yoshvei, Vesecha. Gambali Torah Tvila. Even without davening, just sitting in shul. Imrak Mara Adamas Atzmo. There's already Avagadola from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so we should really think about the Avagadola from ourselves as well. Okay, just to end with a thought that we mentioned four years ago, but it's Rosh Chodesh El the Shabbos, so hopefully those who say over some Divrei Torah can say this over. One of the thoughts I like to quote this time of year, the Pasuk in Amos tells us on the last page, When the lion roars, Milo Yira, who is not fearful? The lion, the Arye is mentioned more than any other animal in Tanakh. Aryeh and the Darshe Rishumos tell us Aryeh could stand for Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom HaKippurim. Aryeh Shog, when the lion roars, Milo Yira, who is not, who is not in awe, who is not scared. And the marshal given. I'm walking down the street and there's a lion coming towards me on the road. Oh my, I'm like, oh my eyes, I'm screaming, I'm running. I'm... There's a lion. And yet, when we go to a zoo, the first place we will look, if there are those in the zoo, is the lion cage. Everybody wants to go to the lion cage. That's the one that you want to see the most. What's the difference? Here, the lion, you run away, you're scared of it. And here, the lion, you want to go. You want to, go. You want to see as, as close as you can. So explains the Darshi Rishumos is quoted here in the Elohim Moadai. In the first case, you know why it's so scary when you meet the lion on the road? Because there's no machitza between you and the lion. There's no break. There's no hefzik. There's no wall. It's me and the lion, and that's pretty scary. If the lion's over there, and I'm over here, and there's a moat in between, I'm not scared because the lion's not affecting me. The lion's over there, and I'm over here. No problem. It's only when the lion is very close to me, and I, and I relate to it, and I feel it close, that's when it's very scary. If we think of Elul and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as out there, as there's a mechitza between us, as it doesn't relate to me, it's over there and I'm over here. It's not, it's not scary at all. But when the lion is roaring and we allow it, which we have to allow, we have to allow what Elul is supposed to be, the gift of a time of introspection that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. Imagine life without Shabbos and without Elul and Rosh Hashanah. It would just be, we just like, if you're going in the wrong direction, you know, sometimes you might be traveling, you know, on a highway. You're going in the wrong direction. If there are no signs, then finally you see you're going in the wrong direction. Like, why wasn't there a sign for so many miles? Just tell me I'm going in the wrong direction. But I don't know. If I don't know, then I'm... If we wouldn't have Shabbos or Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, we'd just go in the wrong direction our whole lives. Because gives us a gift. He gives us time to introspect and to stop and think, what am I doing? How can I improve? What, what, what's, what's, what's happening? So, this Shabbos, last day of Av, getting into Rosh Chodesh Elul, I have to realize what it's all about. Hashem, we should be zochet to have a fulfilling Elul. An Elul that we can share a lot of Torah together and Hashem, share Yeshuos and Geulos.